Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast presented by Bet365. We are part of the Action Network. Today, we begin the first of our many NFL off-season episodes. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. Listen, as much as we love all the sports, we've made a decision that The Favorites is primarily going to be an NFL podcast because the truth is the NFL does not stop. The opportunities to bet on the NFL do not stop. Free agency in less than a month, a generational draft that could have Mahomes-like repercussions for some of the most popular franchises in all of sports, including the Bears and the Patriots. So we will dip into Oscars over the next few months. We will dip into March Madness, the Masters in April. Get ready for continued NFL coverage and how to take advantage of what we are seeing, including today. Before we get to any of that, Let's bring in my co-host, my BFF, my companion, my compadre, professional better, Simon Hunter. Hello, Simon. Hello, Chad. I am so jealous that you were busy this weekend. I was stuck at home with my thoughts and questioning life. I mean, how does anyone live life without football? It's crazy. Like when you have a free Sunday, I just can't believe we have like 23, 24 weeks of just our Sundays are filled. Other people, normal people. They go about their daily lives. Chad, it blows my mind. So, yeah, I was jealous you were out and about traveling. I was, like, thinking to myself, I need to get a kid. I need to get something to keep me busy in the offseason. But I think I'm going to end up getting a cat instead. Well, a cat you can't really take to the games, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> uh, but it's true. I was out and about this weekend. I went to uh, Indy for All-Star Weekend, which is always – I know, like, a lot of people, you saw Charles Barkley and people complaining about the cold of Indianapolis. And it was extremely – it was brutally cold. Like I was walking, my hotel was seven minutes from Lucas oil where the skills where the skills and the three point contest and duck contest and Steph and Sabrina was on Saturday night. It was nightmarish walking back. It was three degrees with the wind chill walking back. Uh, so that was no fun. Um, and then on Sunday I went to the IU game. I took my, you, you mentioned kids, I took my 16, my 17 year old son who's looking at colleges. Uh, we went down to IU, hung out at Nick's, ate lunch. Nick's is like the bar in Bloomington to hang out at. And then went to the game, raced back to Indy, went to All-Star, raced back to Bloomington the next morning, went to uh, a tour of IU, great campus. Obviously I'm an alumni, so I'm partial, <laughs> but it's a just an idyllic place to go to college. Of course. All that is happening. We're in the middle of the tour. We're looking at the media school, which is amazing, the work they're doing there. Everybody who's in media and wants to study media should go to Indiana University for that media school. Uh, it's great. 
But um, my kid shows me post that Justin Fields has stopped following the Chicago Bears on Instagram. He started following, or if he was following, I'm not quite sure, but instead it highlighted, this was a tweet that I saw in action, highlighted that he is following Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Drake, London. We will discuss how sort of the social media drama, the follows and unfollows, uh, is influencing the odds for where Fields will land. But there's no better storyline than the star player no longer following the team that he is playing for. Because don't forget, Simon, didn't Lamar Jackson do that when he was in the middle of his negotiations with the Ravens? Yeah, and I, I do think it's a generational thing, though. It is a bigger deal than I wish we could joke about that it wasn't. But it is a big deal because you're basically saying, I- I'm done with this. And I think Lamar did it just what you said. He was like pretty much trying to say to the Ravens, like, I can move on, delete you guys from my life, just as you are trying to get rid of me. And with Fields, it's awesome that he wants to go to Atlanta, but we know he has zero power. I mean, he could be in Pittsburgh tomorrow for all we know. Um, but or yeah, this Oakland. time of year, yeah. Um, it's just dumb rumors, right? We joke all the time. This is the time of year, like, especially if you're someone who makes your living off football and clicks, their clicks in football is gone, right? So they're going to need to conjure things up. I mean, the dumbest thing I saw, no doubt, was will the 49ers move on from Purdy to get Kirk Cousins because of the relationship of Shanahan with Kirk Cousins? And it's like, Kirk Cousins lost to Daniel Jones in the playoffs. Purdy just brought their team to the Super Bowl in his first year as a full-time starter. So it's just, that's the BS we'll be dealing with. But the field stuff, I mean, you talked about it. Like, I bet Atlanta Super Bowl future because I'm hoping they get Fields or Kirk Cousins. Like, it is it is a bet I made just because I'm hoping for that kind of future in a weak division. So um, if you're an Atlanta fan, I'd be pretty psyched up. Like the dream would be getting. Well, hold on, hold on. Don't go too deep yet. That's just, we're yeah. just giving a tease. We're not going into the whole thing yet. So let's just Jesus. give him a tease. We're going to talk more about the Bears. <laughs> we're going to talk about the Eagles. We're going to talk about where is Justin Fields going to go. We're going to talk about like why people all of a sudden are talking about the Titans. As a reminder, the Favorites podcast is presented by Bet365. Bet365 doesn't do ordinary. That's why you get more booze with them than with anyone else. Every day, they power up the odds on hundreds of bets to give you a chance to win more. Bet365 boosts specific markets, your winnings, and even parlays. And they don't stop there. Keep an eye for their biggest and best odds with the incredible Super Boost. Check out the boost and see why it's never ordinary. At Bet365, must be 21 or older and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, or 18 and older in Kentucky. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms, conditions, restrictions apply. Don't forget, catch every episode of The Favorites live on YouTube. For those enjoying on YouTube right now, don't forget to give us a like and subscribe to the Action Network YouTube page. All right, let's start there. The Bears have basically eliminated every player who was on the team from 2019 or earlier. Eddie Jackson, safety, last remaining player of that group. He was cut this week. We have the news about Justin Fields, the following, the unfollowing. That one move, move the line from Justin Fields to take his first snap 
in the 2024-25 NFL season with the Atlanta Falcons from plus 275 to plus 150. Mm. Almost makes me feel like, go bet the Raiders or the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, because you're going to better number. Yeah. I, I would be shocked, though, if the Steelers did make that move. Um, just because the, the more I've read, it just seems like the asking price is going to be too much from the Bears, where Atlanta has the regret, right? Atlanta passed on him for a tight end. And we joked, even at that draft, you can go back and listen to our shows, we, we couldn't get it over how dumb of a pick that was. And it was just bizarre where they're like, you know what? We're going to run it back another year. We don't want to disrespect Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. And it's like, it's just a weird time to look back on those days that the reason they didn't take Justin Fields. So, um, yeah, me and you talked about it. It's like, we love we, we love the odds of them. So that is a move they could make. Isn't that interesting? You look back on these things. The decisions made about personnel. Jimmy Johnson was brilliant at this. Bill Belichick was brilliant at this, except for <laughs> except for Tom Brady. The ability yeah. to move on unsentimentally, unemotionally from players and decide this is what's going to be the best for our team. Even the Packers with Jordan Love and Brett Favre. Like, Crazy. There is cold calculating NFL math, and then there are people who can't make those decisions for a variety of reasons. The Falcons were one of those with Justin Fields. I wonder how Justin Fields would have developed if he was chosen by the Falcons and Arthur Smith is his coach with that offense uh, over the past three years. Definitely would have a playoff game under his belt, right? And again, it's not, we're not here to shit on the Bears, but I, I feel like the biggest talk, especially around the Super Bowl, what what if the Bears had the scouting and the the foresight to see taking Mahomes? I think we can all agree, Chad, that Mahomes still wouldn't have this type of career. It would all be so different where yeah. it is all about where you land and what the head coach you land and the stability. Um, again, we we all respect Matt Nagy. He was a bad head coach. I think we all agree he was not a good head coach. And the position he's in now, right, helping out the Chiefs, that's where he should be in those type of positions. And um, it's just a lot of that where it's like it is all about the coaching and the teams that get drafted to. And that's, you know, that's the, the domino effect of all these things. So um, with Justin Fields, I still have that thing in the back of my head of he, he still is inconsistent, right? And I don't know if that would have been fixed with Arthur, but I definitely think we can both agree their offense would have been built around him better than it was for the Bears. Like the Bears never had the players or the offensive build around him. I mean, his first year with DJ Moore, DJ Moore had a career high in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. So like clearly that's a thing where Justin Fields, you get in the talent, he'll get the ball to the talent. Like that's that, that sounds like that's not saying much to you, to people. That's a big deal. Like, I mean, go look at Desmond Redder's tape from last year in Atlanta. He could not get his star players the ball. So um, if I'm if I'm Atlanta Falcon fan, I mean, I love Kirk, but Justin Fields' ceiling is so much higher. It's how do you not want this kid? It's like that that would be insane too, playing indoors with him. Like it's all right there. Um, so yeah, it's if you want to go bet that, like Chad said, you can. I feel like the value shifted too much where I, I'd rather would take Pittsburgh than put any money on Atlanta at this point. Although plus 150, you're still getting plus money on 
him to but go. But it's all because of unfollow. That's the only reason it's moved. That's the scary part. You're I know. I mean, that, but nothing. that's, isn't that yeah. the world we live in, right? That's like, true. There's an unfollow. If you're still, if it was plus a hundred, you know, as, as we were getting closer, I'd say, don't, don't play it. But a plus 150, like, yeah, you're not getting the best of the number, but you still might get really good value to me if you're not getting it at anything less than plus 100 even money. Because um, it does feel like it's setting up to be a really good landing spot. People have been saying that for years, right? So let's see if this actually comes to fruition. For the Bears, it makes things so much more interesting more and more it is looking like Caleb Williams will be the guy there. And you are basically banking that Caleb Williams is going to be Patrick Mahomes, that he's going to come in. He's going to have DJ Moore. He's going to have a vastly improved defense. You're hoping that he gets rid of the bad habits, the sort of hero ball habits. Have you been watching film? Have you been trying to gather intel on Caleb Williams? What's your latest sort of feeling on him? So, so I haven't hit all the quarterbacks. I didn't hit the Michigan kid yet, but I've done Daniels. I've done Drake May. And I, I've done Williams, obviously. And um, yeah, I would say the, the thing people need to separate is they're comparing Williams to the prospect that Mahomes was in college. And I don't think enough people are making a distinction where they're like, they think people are comparing him to Mahomes and the pros. It's not. It Like, I, I want people to really drill into their head where um, we're, we're comparing him to what Mahomes was in college. And if you don't know this, Mahomes had a lot of really bad habits in college. Like there was a bunch of reasons why he was not a unanimous number one or even a top three pick, which I know looking back, it looks really stupid. But again, the Chiefs had the foresight to take him over Deshaun Watson, which I do think is such a crazy thing looking back on that they had the idea that it's like, no, this is the guy that's better than the Heisman national champ winner. Um, but yeah, it's the, Williams uh, again. You have to take him if you're a Bears team, like going through all of it, like that, that is the guy, like the Mahomes pulling the ball down and making magic with his feet, either moving in the pocket and passing or running outside the pocket. That's where Williams is the clone of him, where he has this incredible pocket awareness, this cool comic collectiveness, and he's smart as hell. Like, like Kingsbury was throwing some crazy ass offensive stuff at him and he was running it. No problem. So, um, I I I look at this now with the Bears team. We even talked about it months ago where the math, all the math nerds were going to tell them they had to draft. Even if Williams wasn't the next Mahomes, you kind of have to move on from fields to him just because of the way the money works in the NFL nowadays. Um, but the biggest thing is the fact that you guys also have pick nine. So the fact that you can get him and in a, a class that has three receivers, like again, Marvin Harris Jr. is A1, but the two guys right below him are right there. Like you're gonna be able to get him with a stud number one receiver or offensive lineman. That's that's how you build out a winning franchise. And we saw the kind of a little bit of a blueprint last year where I knocked Houston for it that they traded their first round pick for a DN, but they obviously worked out. They got the defensive rookie of the year and the offensive rookie of the year. So that's the thing, right? Like you're trying to put building blocks here. And the dream is obviously for you, Chad, where it's like you want to be a year early. Like even if they they limp into the playoffs at eight and nine or nine and eight. Um, that would be the dream scenario of drafting Williams in this team. But um, I would say between the Bears track record, like their history of drafting these quarterbacks, it's going to come down to coaching. Like Williams has the talent. Did the Bears get the right people in place 
And you know, it is Chad. It's weird. You guys kept your head coach. Like the whole scenario is very weird. So um, it'll be interesting to see if there is no development this year, if they just move on right after one year, it's like, don't waste that talent of Williams, bring in some offensive mind and build out around this kid. It's interesting to me. Uh, two things. One, Patrick Mahomes, coach slash coordinator, calling the plays at Texas Tech, Cliff Kingsbury, same yeah. as Caleb Williams at USC. So either Cliff Kingsbury uh, continues to show how bad he is because he's got generational talent that he cannot get in a position to dominate because they have these terrible habits. And you make a really good point about comparing Williams to Mahomes in college. And scouts I've spoken to, and I've spoken to some, have said he's so much further along than Mahomes was in college. And a lot of the bad habits developed at the end of this last year, which leads to my second point. It's about want, right? And one of the reasons we loved the Chiefs in the Super Bowl is because we just believe Mahomes is so competitive and so good. If he has the ball in his hands in the last two minutes, he's going to find a way for his team to win. And Caleb Williams, everyone made fun of him for the way he reacted after one of the games where he was crying in the stands with his mom. Yeah, I love thought I thought that was awesome. Yeah. I thought it proved how much he cares about winning. And like, don't I want that on my team? I'm not making fun of that. I think that's brilliant. That to me is everything I want in a quarterback who cares that deeply that he cannot contain his emotions after losing a regular season game. Yeah, and I, I, there's a lot of stuff we've heard. Like, he's just a different dude. And obviously, it's part of generational stuff. But you talk to anyone that's a man on that team, they respect the hell out of him. They view him as their leader. And in football, that's half the battle right there. Zach Wilson was dead on arrival. You know why? No one respected him as a leader in that locker room. He was never going to be the leader of the Jets. And they, they made a huge mistake with that, where I don't have that fear with Williams, I actually have more of that fear with Drake May. Again, we'll we'll dive more into him come draft season. But um, yeah, like the Bears, you guys won the lottery. Like you just you have to take this kid. Where um, like I'm an Eagles fan, we haven't had the number one pick I think since the 1950s or 60s. Like these rare opportunities don't come along, and it's even rare where there is a unanimous guy. Right? Like all the shit we want to give Trevor Lawrence, I still think you always take Trevor Lawrence in that spot. All the shit you want to give. Um, you know, the 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 team for taking, you know, Joe Burrow over Justin Herbert at the time or whatever it was, like the number one pick, it tends to work out where these second picks, again, Carson Wentz was my quarterback of the Eagles. The second pick tends to fade away where the number one pick seems like over these last couple of years had been the more surefire pick. So, um, yeah, like I keep saying, Bears fans, I'm so I'm just jealous because this is the funnest. This is, as, this, as a football fan, these are the best days where you guys have all this hope about the future. You're not like me and Matt Mitchell yet, which is already you already had your quarterback for a couple of years and you see their ugly warts and what their issues are where, um, yeah, right now, like you just hear anyone talking about Williams. It's all flowers and butterflies. Like everyone's just so in love with this kid, but he is going to have massive growing pains. I've already seen it. You've just talked about it. Like all these little bad habits he picked up last year is not going to get better in Chicago. You just, you guys have a bad offensive line. Like there are ways to attack this team and, Again, you guys have a lot of money. If they address the offensive line, if they if they do all these things, I mean, this really the sky's the limit for Williams. He really is the prototype of Mahomes' playing style. Um, I feel like you just mentioned, well, a 
it's interesting how much clarity there is once you get away from the season. We were having all these debates. Do you keep Justin Fields? Do you trade Justin Fields? Do you take Caleb <laughs> Williams? Remove from the season? There's no lack of clarity. No. You trade Justin Fields. You get Caleb Williams. You do all the right things financially. You find a way to get some offensive linemen. You put this team in a position to be one of what could be the best divisions in football in the NFC North between the Packers, the Lions, a resurgent Vikings team, and then a resurgent Bears team. You could see it. You could definitely yeah. see that being a really competitive, everyone above 500, like the AFC North division. Yeah. And now that could quickly become one of the harder divisions of all of football. So um, that's why I love they're making this move, though, because if you guys do strike out on Williams, who cares? You're right back in the exact position you've been in for what, 15 years now? Yeah, so it's right? like, you might as well try to go for the moon. If you're going to miss, who cares? You mentioned the Eagles. They fired Brian Johnson. They've made drastic changes on the coaching staff. Why does everyone hate Nick Sirianni? Was he just completely buoyed by Gannon and Shane Steichen in the year they went to the Super Bowl? And is he a fraud? Like, what, what's the story here? I mean, it could be personality. He does a lot of things, especially against caught on camera. You're just like, ah, oh, man, this guy's kind of a tool, um, which I get when people are talking about him. They're just, they think he's a little douchey, and um, I get it. But my my big push is, what does this guy do? That's why I don't really like him, where it's like, he got interviewed after the season. They go, well, if you're not going to be running the offense and you're not going to help it on the defense, what exactly are you going to do? He's going, I'm going to manage the guys. Dude, you just lost the locker room. Like this, th it was a total train wreck towards the end of the season. All those guys, not that they turned on him, right? The guy spoke glowingly, glowingly about him, but it's like, dude, you're a player's coach. No, no, of course they like you. Like, no, no doubt that I'm sure they do like you where that's why I wanted a guy like Vrabel to come in. Vrabel, he can be liked, but he's also a guy you, you want to play hard for. You don't want to double cross where the Eagles just felt like they didn't play hard at the end of the season. Because it sucks to lose. It One fucking sucks. Losing. Awful. That's why I want to win. Because you don't sleep. You want to win for the players that bust their tail. That's it. As a franchise, it, it feels like just reading the ownership. Um, you know, Jeffrey, maybe he felt guilt firing this kid after he got him to the Super Bowl the previous year. But me and you talked about it. I still think it's it's really all about Shane Steichen. Like that offense, I mean, we just saw that Chiefs defense, how good they were. The previous Super Bowl, Jalen Hurts threw for 300 yards. He rushed for three touchdowns and he threw for a touchdown. Like that was the peak we might ever see of Jalen Hurts. That's as good as it might ever get. Cause that we know how good that Chiefs defense is and how good they were last year as well. So um that's the thing I'm scared of where we see it all the time. Like these offensive geniuses that leave different places, they take the scheme with them and it slowly starts to fall apart. Now we'll see. The Eagles brought in, like you said, brought on a new OC, a new DC. Maybe they can get this this last dish effort out of these guys, but um, I would say as Eagles fans, I'm expecting a little bit of transition. Right, our D line who got us to that Super Bowl, two different Super Bowls, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, they're either leaving or they're really old now. They're going to take pay decreases. Um, these kids we've taken from Georgia just apparently got really overweight. Uh, Davis was huge. Uh, Carter disappeared towards the end of the season. Like there's just as an Eagles fan, there's a lot of unknown. Um, but what gives me solace is the fact that Dallas, they have a lot of unknown as well this offseason. So, you know, the Eagles, as much as I want to say they might be in rebuilding mode, there's so much talent 
on the offensive side that if Howie just gets the right linebacker or the right D lineman, it could fix a lot of problems this team has right now. Um, but yeah, if I have faith in the coaching staff, I just don't really have faith in Sirianni right now. Just, just how bad everything ended last year. Um, it's just hard. For, like I, again, a bizarre offseason, Chad. The fact that Rabel, Belichick, Carroll, these legends of the sport are out there hung dry, it just feels like, you know, the owners don't want that power dynamic. Like, I feel like the owner likes that this guy is, I don't want to say he's his bitch, but like, you know, he's not going to tell Jeffrey what Jeffrey needs to hear sometimes, right? Like, I feel like that's the problem here. So, um, you know, the, the sky isn't falling yet as an Eagles fan, but I know that this window, it might only have a year left. Um, honestly, because a lot of guys like the Jalen Hurts money is about to kick in and a lot of guys are going to have to go. So um, definitely as a fan, I'm not that confident heading into the season. But the fact that I have Jalen Hurts, who I think is a Tom Tech quarterback, that gives me some confidence in this team right now. Well, you're right. They structure these deals. So you've got a 12 to 24 month window yeah. to execute on these deals. And the Bengals are all of a sudden confront the situation, right? The the Chiefs went all in on Mahomes. And I think for a lot of the year, it challenged them because they just didn't have the receiving talent. And only by virtue of Mahomes and shrinking the playbook did they get to where they were going. Yeah. We see this all the time. So if like Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter can't become the equivalent of Fletcher, Fletcher Cox, then all of a sudden you've wasted all these months and all these opportunities to win the Super Bowl. And they had it last year. Like that Niners team was beatable against really good teams. And they just wasted the opportunity. They just lost it completely. That they made the wrong decisions with the coordinators. And like that is on Seriani, right? That you could actually say, listen. Your job as a leader is about the judgment you have and the faith and the people you put your faith in and you made the wrong decision and that team cratered because of it. So you could see them saying, yeah, we're done with you already. Now that I think about it, it's a little surprising they didn't. Made a mistake. And that's why I mean, Chad, are putting money on the New York Giants. It's disgusting to say, but... There is a window where this team could win this division. We talk every year. At this point last year, we were telling you to take the Cowboys a plus 200. The same team doesn't repeat. Has not repeated in what now, Chad? 21 years, 20 years? Yeah. There's not been a repeat champion in the NFC. So um, the Eagles have some you know, cracks in the armor. Same with Dallas. Like It's going to be a really interesting year for that division. Yeah, the Giants become really fascinating all of a sudden because you could see when they played Tyrod Taylor, they were a competent team. And obviously Evan is saying today is a massive day for the future of Saquon and the Giants. I don't know how much that matters to gone. me. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know how much that matters to me thinking about their ability to win the division um, because it still comes down to who's playing quarterback more than who's playing running back. And we saw the ability of Tyrod Taylor to manage that team and how they could be good if they had like someone remotely capable and competent with Brian Dayball, with that scheme, um, a new defensive coordinator. It's an interesting idea, for sure. Totally love it. One of the other teams, and I don't get this one, all of a sudden getting 
a little bit of buzz. The Tennessee Titans, like people saying, are the Tennessee Titans the next Houston Texans? And dude, I don't see it. A, Brian Callahan may have been a brilliant offensive coordinator with the Bengals, but he also had Joe Burrow. He also had Jamar Chase. He had Higgins. Um, like they've got an incredible set of skill players. He wasn't calling the plays, right? Because the Bengals head coach was calling the plays. He will be calling the plays in Tennessee. I think the smartest thing Brian Callahan has done, Lord, his father, Bill Callahan, away from the Browns, where he was making yeah. $3 million a year as an offensive line coach. He's going to go down as one of the best offensive line coaches in NFL history, um, has been respected for 40-plus years as a coach, yep. focusing on the offensive line. That, to me, is as big a deal as anything else, but I don't think you're a hot team with Will Levis as your quarterback. No, and I saw an amazing stat um, a week or two ago about Will Levis where – I believe he had four touchdowns in his first 20 passes. You remember that game? He had four yeah, touchdowns. Yeah. He didn't have four more in the next 219. So it, it it is a flash in the pan where we saw the we saw the sparks, but I said in the moment, I said, was that a a, a game for him or was that a game where Hopkins showed why he's a Hall of Famer? Because it was a lot of deep balls to Hopkins who he just went up and got it and made incredible plays. So um I don't see it. They haven't drafted well. Um, but the people betting this, it's really Hard to knock them because me and you hit the Jags two years ago because they were undervalued. Last year, the guy we had on, Brandon Anderson, talked about Houston being undervalued. We can we can talk to Brandon Anderson again. There's no way he saw C.J. Stroud doing what he did, right? None of us saw that coming. His reasoning was sound where he made that bet because they brought in a defensive mind and they had a pretty good defensive team. So he didn't need or he didn't think C.J. was going to be a pro bowl. He thought if this guy is just, you know, average rookie quarterback this team could somehow steal this division if the other teams fall apart and what happens back to back years Tennessee fell apart two years ago last year Jaguars they fell apart towards the end of the year do you feel the same about Houston I don't no. like I have confidence in that head and CJ that even if things are going wrong for them next year I don't see them falling apart like they they seem like a very mentally tough team and I like that combo so um yeah if I was going to make a sneaky pick I could maybe be convinced that um, the Jaguars are a little undervalued in this division right now because of all the hype and love for Houston. But CJ to me is taking that step chat in just one year where it's like, I, I think he's better than Trevor Lawrence. Like he showed me more in big moments where he needed to be better, where I think there's other divisions we can attack for these kind of bets. Um, but I don't see it anymore in the South. I just feels like this is going to be CJ's division against what we think will be the Jaguars for the next couple of years. It's like him and Trevor Lawrence. I don't see them going anywhere. Um, but yeah, Will Lovis, if you want to bet on him taking the next step, go for it. I just don't think the value is there right now in the number. Yeah, uh, I agree with you 100%. Um, that was lightning in a bottle for the Texans because they drafted Stroud and Will Anderson. And I agree with you about CJ Stroud. The guy's it. He's yeah. him, right? And by the way, don't forget, He's a once in every like six, seven year draft pick. Tank Dell, who was his favorite receiver, was out the latter half of the season and in the playoffs. And still, CJ Stroud was dominating with yeah. guys who were not like, who were not his, you know, with Nico Collins and Robert Woods, like the people who were not his number one options. 
for most of the year. So this is a team team on the up, I think. I don't think it's I don't think it's a flash in the pan at all. You just said something interesting. If not the AFC South, we talked about the NFC East. Where is the division where there might be value? And if I may offer a suggestion. Yeah, fire away. I love hearing this. I mean, look, I'm falling for it, obviously, <laughs> like we do every year. Los Angeles Chargers. I know. We can't, though, can we? I, no. I don't think our fans will let us. I can tell you this. I have not put a single dollar on them, even though, like Chad just said, I want to. I'm going to next year. I think it's a year with Harbaugh. Um, I, I, need his, I need Harbaugh to get his guys, right? We know what Harbaugh wants to do. He wants to get some big-ass offensive linemen. He wants to get a running back he can trust. And that's the team he's going to build, right? He wants a team that can hammer the ball. Um, that's always been his style. Even when he was with the 49ers, like, you know, People forget he he re-engaged re Frank Gore and had a whole second half of his career with Frank Gore, which was just incredible with that 49ers team. So um, I love where you're at. Like, this is what I dream for. Um, yeah, Tito put in our chat, Derrick Henry with Harbaugh. Like, that'd be really fun, but I just – I can't do it, man. I just can't do it where it's just um, – that division, even if they start out hot with Harbaugh, I just still think Mahomes will eventually catch him down the road. So um, I love where your head's at, though. Like the new coach, that's something me and you both like to attack. Um, I just I can't pull the trigger on that one. Simon, can you name the fastest growing ticketing app in the United States? Game time. That's right. It's game time. I love game time for two reasons. First, they still sponsor this show. Second, I actually use game time all the time. They have amazing last minute deals, including pro and college sports. Speaking of which, I'm opening game time right now from my house here in Connecticut. Look, Elou, I can get in to see the red hot New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden, one of the most exciting venues in all of sports. 170 bucks. It's a steal. I'm telling you, you haven't lived until you've been to a Rangers game. No matter where you live, download the Game Time app, get out, have some fun this week. You deserve it. You can redeem code favorites for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, just download the Game Time app and use code favorites for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's say the Falcons get Justin Fields. Are we going to all of a sudden have to be once again an Atlanta Falcons <laughs> podcast? Is this the division where you might see the opportunity that you were just talking about? I could see it. I mean, again, the most interesting thing about them right now is you can go to a couple different sites 
the Bears are 14-01 right now to win the NFC. So are the Atlanta Falcons. Like, it doesn't make sense where Atlanta's in such a weak division. It just feels like they should be, like you just said, Green Bay, Detroit are pretty good. Like, it's just weird that they're, they have the same odds right now, Chicago. So, um, you know, we talked about it where it, it, at this point, my long shots really that I'm invested in, and we already talked about it, were the Giants. Like, that's a team I'm heavily invested in. But everything we like about Atlanta, it's just all about their division. Like, again, Baker, I don't, he hasn't even re signed with Tampa yet. So, Tampa right now technically doesn't have a quarterback. Um, they want to get him in, but they just missed out on re signing Mike Evans, which that's a huge deal. Like, if they can re sign Baker now, bring him back, Mike Evans is gone. I believe Mike Evans is, was number one red zone target, right? He got like 13 touchdowns last year. So, um, those are big deals to someone like me and Chad who want to bet this Atlanta team. But this is this is a big swing, right? Me and you are going to play some money on a team that they don't have a quarterback yet. For all we know, they could punt on it and go to the draft and draft a guy. Me and Chad just made a dead bet. So that is the risk if you're listening to us and you want to take a little bit of Atlanta here. Um, I'm, I am supportive of it just because I like the guys that I brought in. I like all the pieces there. We talked last year. The only thing missing was the quarterback position. So um, to me – even Fields coming in and learning a new offense, I still think they can make it work to win that division. But the dream scenario, of course, is Kirk Cousins. You bring in Kirk Cousins, that's going to be a team that's going to make the division. Like I, I would easily have him rated high above, higher above um, Derek Carr, um, especially in this division. So, um, yeah, it's it's a risky bet. But like we're talking about right now, I just think the odds are too low on this Atlanta team. If Justin Fields goes to the Falcons. It's going to be very hard not to think about the opportunities and the athleticism and what could be and put myself right back in week 16 before we're playing the last game of the year against the Packers and believing Justin Fields is the next great thing. Nah, you got you won't care. I'm telling you, even just wait until Williams on your team. You see him in your Bears gear practicing this spring. You're going to be like everything he does is so smooth. Again, Fields was a credible athlete. Everything he did was smooth as well, but it's just different. Williams is just a different level than Fields is. And um, again, it's all about coaching, but I get where you're coming from. I, I'll never forget when the Eagles got rid of McNabb and he went to Washington. We lost to Washington that first game and we played them the next season. Mm-hmm. And every Eagles fan's like, what the hell are we doing? Filled with regret. I think Donovan was out of the league in a year. So yeah. that, that's how it is as a football fan where we're just so in the moment. But um, I get it. It's going to be weird seeing him and that uh, that Atlanta team. But, um, yeah, it's it's what needs to happen. Uh, Russell Wilson was a featured celebrity guest at the All-Star Game on Sunday night. And while he's talking about uh, his greatest gift is throwing deep, not <laughs> shooting threes, uh, He's likely to be cut. Rumors are he's accepting offers on his Denver mansion. This team, we love Sean Payton. Love Sean Payton. We made a lot of money on Sean Payton last year when he was sort of turning this team around. They were in the middle of a very positive turnover streak. What's going to happen to this team now? Who's their quarterback? How are they going to draft anybody? They're in salary cap hell. Yeah. This team, we loved this team a year ago. We couldn't be more off this team right now. 
yeah, they got to burn it all down on the ground, right? That's that's going to be the hard part here where, um, you know, they gave Wilson arguably one of the worst contracts in NFL history before he even played a snap for the team. And, um, you know, I think they had a conversation with him about trying to restructure his deal last year, and he wouldn't do it. No. And um, they let him play a couple more games, and they did eventually sit him. And that's when we both agreed, like, okay, if they're sitting him at this point, that means they're moving on from him this offseason. That's why they didn't want him to get hurt. So that yep. means his contract would have been locked in. Um, I'd have to look at the numbers, brother, but I think it's like it might be 40 or 50 million in dead cap. It might even be higher. I could be wrong, but I think it's 40 or 50 million of dead dead cap number if they do cut him or get rid of him. And again, could be higher. So just doing simple math, that just means like this next year or two, they sh oh wow. Matt Mitchell says he thinks it's 85 million. Like that's can't even wrap my head around it. That's insane. I think we he's need right, to get though. some. We got to get some fact checking on that. I can't get, <laughs> I, I can't really do believe because it is 85 million. It, it could be that high. Cause I just remember I had them marked off this year of a team that I won't bet a single future on. Like there's just, there, there is nothing there for me to bet on just cause Sean's going to gut this team and put it in his view, his vision. And you know, if that means this year he'll trade up to, which would be crazy if he trades up to the number three pick and takes Daniels or, um, he trades up and takes McCarthy. Um, you know, there's a bunch of guys he could trade up to take these quarterback position. I don't know why he would though. Like you, you could just roll it out, maybe tank this year. And, um, you know, you could get a Deion Sanders kid next year. If he takes another step and becomes the number one pick, like it would just be interesting if he did, did move up in the draft where they need to rebuild it all out. Right. Like me and you talked about that, that film breakdown you did, um, I forget who it was you were breaking down, but it was the Miami versus Denver game where Denver just could not sit, could not tackle, right? Yeah, it was a Denver and, defense. Yes. I the got listen, half. I got Matt Mitchell's note. I'll say it as soon I didn't want to interrupt you. As soon as you're done, I see you looking to the side. I'll get to Matt Mitchell's note. <laughs> um it, it, like you just you you said it perfectly with the second half of the season, that was a totally different defense, right? They were playing hard, they were making the tackles, everything did change. So we know that talent is there, and I think Sean Payton sees that. He just he doesn't believe Russell Wilson was smart enough to learn his offense or good enough to be worthy of what they're paying him. So um, that's a team that in that division, like you just said, now the Harbaugh's in that division. It's going to be a one to two year rebuild for Denver. Uh, Matt Mitchell said Russell Wilson was an 85 million cap hit to me because he wasn't clear in the chat. I thought he was saying it was a one season, 85 million cap hit. Uh, it's two seasons 39 yeah. and 45 or something like that. So uh, that would still be the biggest cap hit and the most expensive signing ever, but it's 85 million over two, two seasons. If he's a post June one release, that is absurd. But Just if you absurd. Draft right. If you draft right, it doesn't cripple your team. Like the Eagles cut Carson Wentz with all that guaranteed money. And the next, the following season we were in the Super Bowl. So you can make it work if you draft right. Um, I just don't know. I, I, again, it's too hard to project out, but just in that division, I just can't see it happening where it's just, they're just so far behind right now, the Chargers and the Chiefs. It's just hard to envision them um, turning around so quick. And the Raiders, like the Raiders are ahead of them definitely right now. So yeah, dark days right now in Denver. Well, look, you mentioned the Raiders. I want to do two quick hitters um, before we get out of here. One, Jimmy G, suspended two games uh will probably get cut lose his salary of 11.25 million 
The Raiders seemed like they were committed to Aiden O'Connell anyways. Like when I saw the story this week about him being suspended for ingesting some kind of performance enhancing uh, uh, um, substance, uh, I forgot he was on the team and didn't think he was going to be a factor next year anyways. So to me, it doesn't really matter. They're, they were going with Aiden O'Connell. Am I misreading? No, but I do think it's interesting that, um, you know, if Sam Darnold's a free agent and whoever walks from the 49ers, why not bring Jimmy back? Like, Brock Purdy is not looking over his shoulder scared of Jimmy G. Like, he 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 took that man's job when he was the third stringer. Um, there, there'd be no fear there. So I would say that's a perfect landing spot for Jimmy, right? Jimmy's not that good. His mobility is way down now as he's aged. Um He's just different now. And for him to go back there, take the the vet minimum, like back up Purdy, I think that's a perfect landing spot for Jimmy. But yeah, Raiders, just a long line of terrible signings by that team. And, um, you know, Josh McDaniels, everything he touches turns to shit. That man is so bad at being a head coach and making quarterback decisions. Um, between Jimmy G and Tebow, there might be no one worse out there than uh, McDaniels. Jimmy G. Think about this. Will always be less than six inches away from having beaten the Chiefs. Yeah. If he if he can just hit that deep ball down the middle, he's there. And they win that game. It's just a little bit off target. And that's the history of his career in one play. Oh, Jimmy G. Jimmy G just a little bit off. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you had a tagline for Jimmy G, it'd be Jimmy G looks the part so close, not quite there. My, my memory of him will always be Tom Brady after the pick in the end zone, jumping in a circle, refusing to hug Jimmy G after that Super Bowl. Like it's just one of my favorite images of Tom. Tom just hated him so much even in Tom's happiest moment of his life, where his team just picked off Russell Wilson in the end zone or the Super Bowl, he, instead of hugging him, just keeps spinning in a circle, cheering. It's just, it's my favorite Tom Brady and Jimmy G memory. He is handsome, though. He's got that going for him. Yeah. Uh, finally, before we get out of here, the last bit of news since we last recorded, Kyle Shanahan fired defensive coordinator <laughs> Steve Wilkes. Yeah. Least surprising move of the offseason so far never seemed to work seemed like they were on the separate pages the entire season yeah i thought he was good during the regular season and his defense completely fell apart heading into the playoffs and whatever that ravens blue script that that script they put out there how to attack their secondary um evan just you see evan in the chat Fields down to minus 130 now for atlanta so oh was, my god dad was right we should have took but, the plus 150 by the way I think it's moving because we're talking about it. People are <laughs> betting it live. That <laughs> That's what's happening. Um, but yeah, total, total. It was a move that needed to be made. Like um, the talent they had on that defense, because people keep trying to point to the numbers of what he did during the regular season, of what the number one scoring defense, how incredible they were. Um, you know, he he was good, but I think him and Kyle Buttheads and a lot of stuff. And then when you go back and you watch the Super Bowl. His adjustments he made in the second half 
were the downfall of the team. Like he started, he, he tried to switch up looks and do different things the second half. And again, who knows if Kyle's one whispering in his ear, telling him to start blitzing more and do all that, but it failed. It did not work. So um, it's my, my interest here is who, who do they bring in? Right? Like, are they really going to bring in Vrabel or Belichick? Are those guys really going to take that job for a one year deal? Um, you know, that's, that's a big ask of those guys to, you know, sw swallow that pill and kind of become their DC. Um, but yeah, we knew there's gonna be a scapegoat, right, Chad? We said it like Kyle, Kyle ain't leaving. Um, they're not getting rid of John Lynch. Someone, some head was gonna roll. And, you know, of all the guys that get fired here, he, he was only there for one year. It just it seemed like him and Kyle bumped heads. Like if they hadn't, he he would have stuck up for him, he would have held him there. Um, so yeah, not that shocking, but the most more shocking part will be who's filling that position. Cause what are we a week later now? And they haven't filled it. So there's a lot of stuff going on behind it. Cause usually they don't fire someone unless they have someone in mind who's going to fill that position, but no one's accepted that position yet. Well, number one, you knew that he was going to get fired if they lost that game when Shanahan called the timeout, uh, on that fourth down call when he didn't like the look. Right. And he called like it was the Niners had to defend a fourth down for the chiefs. Shanahan called timeout. He's not calling the plays. Like when you're Steve Wilkes and that timeout happens, you got to be thinking, what the actual freak? Yeah. You know, like the coach saw the look, called timeout, overruled me. What's he going to want? And then are you going to fight him in that moment? You're going to go to the look <laughs> that he wants. So if I were Vrabel or Belichick, I would 100% take that job for a year. You know, if it goes well, you're going to make more money. It's not going to go badly because that defense is so good. So good. And you get a year to sort of just have fun and not have the responsibility. You get to coach. You get to be someone who Shanahan doesn't feel threatened is going to take your job. So he's going to lean on you as sort of a conciliary. It feels like the perfect job to take really for someone like Vrabel, like take one year and just have fun coaching as a defensive coordinator and then take the head coaching job. You'll be the leading candidate for any head coaching job the next year. Yeah. And just like you just said, though, it's the perfect job to step into because it's not like you have a bunch of young guys on that defense, right? That's a veteran, smart, savvy defense. I mean, their number one safety wasn't even playing half the season. Like they lost so many guys. So um, yeah, I, I am total agreeance with you where it's like, I would take that position but clearly there's a delay because I thought right away someone would have been hired and now we're almost a week later and no one's been hired. All right, before we get out of here, a lot of people in the chat are asking us to talk about uh, the Kenny Pickett-Mason Rudolph situation <laughs> in Pittsburgh because if, 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 if Justin Fields is going to go to the Falcons, which is looking more and more likely as we talk because we're moving markets because that's what we yep. do, and they're going to stick with Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph and they've got Arthur Smith as the new offensive coordinator – is this another nine and eight season? Is this Mike Tomlin with his first losing season? Is Mason Rudolph for real from what he did at the end of the year? Can Arthur Smith turn this into a team with Najee Harris that really becomes a much better rushing team? What do we think of this Pittsburgh situation? All I can go is of like, I have a couple of teams I have a decent amount of contacts. I only have one really good contact with Pittsburgh. They're very good at keeping things in-house and not having stuff leak. They are happy to leak that they want a quarterback. They want something new in there. Tomlin's been very vocal about it to the front office, to a lot of the guys on his coaching staff. So 
that's a team that I do think they're going to attack that position. They're going to try to find a way to get a guy in there that can give them a chance because I think they're just like the rest of us. Like we've all seen that stat that um, since Ben Roethlisberger's retired, they've only thrown for like 24 touchdowns total. And he retired like four years ago. And somehow Tomlin keeps getting them above 500 with that stat. Like they don't, they have not had a person back there throwing the ball for them since Ben's left. Even Ben's last couple of years. Remember how we used to laugh at it? It was like, yeah, they're propping this guy up. He is terrible. They can't find anything better than that. Like that's the craziest part. So um, I think they're gonna be really aggressive. That's why like, again, the bears, they have to make the move. Like this is such a good year to be holding that card of, the upside of field. So um, that's the thing that I'm hearing that is that Atlanta, to me, I think they're going to end up pay, paying more to get fields, but Pittsburgh could be there at the end of the day. Like that's a team that could easily step in and get fields who is big bodied, big hand, perfect for playing outdoors. I mean, even when he played for Chicago, think of how much he ran the ball, Chad, and how he fixed those fumbles as he got yeah. older, right? Like early in his career, he fumbled a lot. He figured that out as the years went on. So um Yes, if I if I'm a Pittsburgh fan, I'd much rather get someone like Fields than I would getting someone like Kirk Cousins. Right, Kirk Cousins is perfect for indoors kind of offense. Pittsburgh is a team that still has a lot of questions across their offensive line. So um, I would say if you're a Pittsburgh fan, I don't think your team, your front office views as you guys have a starting quarterback in your roster right now. So they are going to be very active this offseason trying to get in a quarterback. It ain't over for the Steelers, by the way. Why not Kirk Cousins? I, I don't hate it, but I feel like we've seen that you, you want Kirk indoors, right? Like his, yeah. his splits were very different. But um, the Pittsburgh thing, I just look back on Terry Bradshaw and Big Ben. They're, they're, they're these big, strong quarterbacks. Like I don't really get that from Kirk where I do get that from Fields. That's why I would love Fields in that position. But um, that outdoors thing is a real thing for Pittsburgh. Same with Buffalo. Buffalo talked about that's why they were so enamored with Josh Allen. He's big, strong, and has big hands. That's something you need for these cold weather outdoor games late in the season. As a reminder, folks, catch every episode of The Favorites live on YouTube. For those enjoying on YouTube, don't forget to give us a like and subscribe to the Action Network YouTube page. As a reminder, The Favorites podcast is presented by Bet365. Bet365 is now live in Indiana and Arizona. Bet365 doesn't do ordinary. That's why you get more boost with them than with anyone else. Every day they power up the odds on hundreds of bets to give you a chance to win more. Bet365 boosts specific markets, your winnings, and even parlays. And they don't stop there. Keep an eye out for their biggest and best odds with the incredible Super Boost. Check out the boost and see why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 21 or older and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, or 18 and older in Kentucky. Gambling problem called 1-800-GAMBLER or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms, conditions, restrictions apply. Catch our next episode of The Favorites live on the Action Network YouTube page. We are here Tuesdays, 1.45 p.m. Eastern during the off season. Download us from Spotify, Apple Pods, wherever you get your pods. Rate, review, subscribe, leave us five stars, say whatever you want. Feedback as a gift until Tuesday, 1.45 p.m. Eastern. Love you. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.